Ah, good morning. How's everybody, man? Ah, oh, come on, New City Church. We doing good this morning? Happy freaking New Year, right? Come on, man. 2016 was awesome. 2017 is going to be the bomb.com. Amen. Man, uh, hey, I think I know everybody. My name is Casey. If I haven't met you, I think I have. But, uh, man, great morning. We had a baptism first service, baptism second service. To be frank with you, I didn't think anybody was going to be here except for the people getting baptized and maybe some of their family because it's like, oh, you know, late and that kind of thing. But, man, you guys you guys are doing all right, and I love you. Love being this part of this church, man. 2017 is going to be uh, the best yet. We've had a period of rest as a church, which I love. We're going to continue having a rhythm of rest and Sabbath as a church, but we are going to start to see God doing some crazy things this year. I mean, these wonderful, awesome things. See, next week, by the way, we celebrate our second anniversary, our second birthday as a church, as a campus. We are five years old next week, uh, church-wide, and this campus has been here for, for two years. And so what that means is that we are no longer a baby church, right? Like, we gotta, we might even need to be potty trained. I don't know, you know, like, like we're two now, right? Is that, is that right? I've, it's been a while since I potty trained a child. Is two, is two about right? Getting there, right? Okay, well, so we, some of us, we, we might need to have some diapers. It's cool. But, but we, are, we are a two-year-old church, meaning we can no longer say, well, uh, we're still trying to figure it out, right? Man, we got, we got, we got to get our, our some, some, some stuff together. I almost said the wrong word. And we, we got to get our stuff together, right? We got to get make sure. It pops out. I'm sorry. It does. I once in a while just, you know. So, in fact, I think it did one morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one morning. I was like, oh, my bad. Um, but we got to get some, some things together. Why? Because God has got, like, God wants to use us as a church to do his will, to, do, to grow his kingdom. Amen? Like, we were doing a prayer time before the first service, and, and Pete brought up a great point, and I love this. He said, if God won't or can't use you, he will replace you. He will replace me. Like if God can't use you or won't use you or you're not, not ready. If you drove in, the sign says ready. If there's one word for 2017, which I'm not really the end of that thing. But it is we are ready. Like God is preparing us and we are preparing to what God has in store. Guys, if you haven't figured this out, this area is about to explode. There's, there's lots of people coming, either both to Gardner and to Edgerton and to this area of the country, up to this area of the county. It is amazing to me. While we can say, well, you know, we're going to be a small. See, I, 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 I firmly believe that God is going to use the city of Edgerton to impact the entire world. I mean, think about this. We are in the middle of the most influential country in a metropolitan area, in a, in, a, in a rural setting, in a metropolitan setting, in a most influential country in the entire history of the world. Like, everybody knows our president. Everybody knows who Elvis freaking Presley is. Right? L- name the president of Nicaragua. Can anybody do it? Everybody in Nicaragua can name ours. Have you figured that out? That's amazing. Like, we have tremendous influence in the world, and we're in the middle of that country in 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 an incredible sense. Like, I firmly believe that there are going to be people that are going to say, where did the great revival start? Let's look that up. Oh, there's Edgerton. Man, 1,600 people? Wow. In that town? 
Like our, and the question is, are we ready for that? Church, let me hear you. Are we ready? All right, we're go- if we ain't, we're getting there, right? Like we're two years old now. We got some things in place. See, what I want us to do is, is to reflect back a little bit over the last couple of years and look forward to what God has, has in store. See, th- in, in, when we started here, there were seven people in this church. It's right around 200 or so. We averaged attendance last year of about 180. We've seen people be discipled. And disciples were made. We've seen lives and marriages transformed. We've seen, man, people walk away from unforgiveness and addiction and all this kind of stuff. And it's been a great ride. And it is about to get a whole lot more bumpy and awesome and amazing and beautiful and scary and cool. To where some of us may actually pee in our pants, not just look like we did, right? It's going to be cool. See, as we start 2017, I want you to be thinking, and, when, and, and if you would, man, maybe you could write this on your dashboard, the word, the word ready. Like, I, like, this is the word we're going to be ready. See, we cannot be unorganized, and you can start filling out your, your bulletin, or you can look it on your app. We cannot be unorganized or lax in our work. God has for us, and we cannot use the excuse, well, we're in a new church trying to figure it out. We're not anymore, amen? Like, we are new in most, as far as most churches go, but we're, we are two years old. At some point, we got to stop saying, well, we're new, we're still trying to figure it out. Oh, well, it grew so fast, and well, it did, and it did, and we get that, and some things slipped through the cracks, and we get that, but we can no longer make that excuse anymore, Right? Like, we've got to have our, our things in place. I'm going to show you biblically what happens when, when, an organi- when, when people become organized and the systems are put in place. Because God has a great awakening of his people coming. Amen? Acts 6, new church, just saw this risen Jesus and everyone. People were transformed. The Holy Spirit descended on people. Uh, About 3,000 people got added in that day. And it says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing. So just like in our church, the number of disciples is increasing. The Hellenistic Jews among them complained um, against the Hebraic Jews. And I could get into all the history of that and that kind of thing. I'm going to let you guys look up what that all means and and look at your commentaries. Uh, I say this all the time, TGFG, thank God for Google, right? Like, you can check that out yourself. I'm not going to go into the deep recesses because we need to learn what the Bible says so that we can do something about what the Bible says, right? See, look, against the Hebraic Jews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So there was a practical thing going on in the church at the time. They were distributing food. And I wonder how many people were saying, well, that's not really a spiritual matter, right? But it is. You think about that. Like, everybody has a place in the kingdom. Everybody has a place in the church. Even if you think it's unspiritual, it's not. Right? Every, and I'm going to show you that here in just a second. Now, second, uh, second verse, says, So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us, and the twelve being the twelve disciples minus Judas who killed himself earlier, that kind of thing, they replaced him. The twelve gathered the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. 
what was happening is that they, they were, we're the leaders. We got to do everything for everybody, right? Because if it, if it, if it don't get done, if it's going to be done right, we got to do it ourselves, right? And all of a sudden, people were growing. God was sending them. People were growing. People were growing. And they're going, wow, we can't do this all. And people are getting neglected and practical needs are not being met. And yet, and, and, the, and their ministries, the actual ministries God had set for them was suffering. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention and prayer and the ministry of the Word. If this wasn't important, like, like the practical things that the church was doing, they would have said, let's just pick Joe Blow off the street and distribute food. Well, who do they kind of, what kind of people do they pick? Go back a, a verse there. Well, what kind of people do they pick? People full of the, what? The Spirit, right? Like, this is an important piece of the church. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen. Man, man, if you haven't, if you don't know who Stephen is, Stephen's one bad mamma jamma, man. I'm telling you, this dude is awesome. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also, Philip, some people might have to help me here, Procurus, Procurus, thank you. Nicanor, not Cain or Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch. Man, they got a lot of nerve having names like this. A convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. This was an important piece of the church, right? Even though it was just food, just a practical thing, just an organizational thing, just something. Like most people look at the church, but we just got to get the coffee done. Right? Or we just got to get the parking done. Or we just got to get the music done. Or we just got to get the kids taught and babysat. Whatever. You know, the people look at those kinds of things. Oh, we got to get the, the, the lake fixed and stuff like that. Guys, there's all kinds of things that need to happen in a church that a lot of people think are unspiritual and they're not. And we can make them unspiritual. We can make them an idol. Like we can make this building somehow think this building is the church, right? You can become an idol, but there are practical needs and practical applications of God's word in the church even in the early church and i'll show you that here in just a second it's even happened with jesus and i love it and look what happened in verse seven when they presented these men to the apostles in verse six who prayed and laid their hands on this was an important thing look what happened in verse seven when they got their stuff together so the word of god spread wow And, and it says so as a result right the word of God spread. Like they got their act together practically, pragmatically, organizationally, systematically in place so the word of God could spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Amen. Is that not cool? Man, I love that. And that's what's happening in our church right now. This is why 2017 is real ready. We're ready. See, something happens when the church puts systems in place. The Holy Spirit sent the people in the early church. When they put those things in place, the Holy Spirit said, okay, you guys are ready. And the number of, number of priests, the number of disciples, the number of believers increased rapidly. See, the first century church was, was organizational. It was practical. And it was organic. 
A lot of people, are now, now here's the thing about this whole, a lot of people think man, the church needs to be organic. It just needs to happen. And what they really mean in a lot of ways is that, well, we don't really need to do any of the practical stuff. It just sort of needs to happen on its own, and God will just do his thing, right? And, and, and in a lot of ways, we, have, we can be, if we don't do this system, if we don't do this program, if we don't do this, then nobody's going to come. I get that, man. We can p- make those things into idols and try to take the place of God. But here's the deal. God will send us when we're ready. God will send his people when we're ready. And I think we're ready, guys. See, organic does not mean unmanaged. Organic does not mean wild. Just whatever happens, happens, right? Now, there are things that are going to happen that are going to surprise us. I'm going to be like, wow, you're amazing, God. That's great. But I want to show you guys some pictures of organic farms. Does that look unmanaged at all? Is there not some structure in place here? Uh, look at this farm here. Like, like, like organic, that doesn't look wild. Like I wouldn't walk through an a, a uninhabited forest and see, wow, look at these rows that just sort of appeared, right, in, in the wild. Oh, there's actual structure and piping and things like that for an organic farm. See, organic is, like, we get this idea of what organic is, and it's not what it's, it really is not what organic means. Here's Casey's definition. You can take this for what, it, what it's worth. Um, my, my definition of an organic church is that systems are in place so that God can trust the church to handle the, working of, the work of discipling his people. Let me repeat that. The systems are in place so that God can trust the church to handle the work of discipling his people. You catch that? Like that's pure. It's undefiled. Like organic doesn't mean wild. It means pure. It means undefiled. Like, like there's nothing artificial about it. And that's what the church needs to be. Like we have to have those systems in place. And here's what we're doing starting today. Like this is what we're going to do starting today. Kyle C. Walson is our new student pastor. Right? It will be 6th through 12th grades. We're going to... We're going to personally and and engage this age group now here's the thing it will be discipleship focused right it's not going to be one of those hey uh once a week let's have this uh big entertaining thing let's have a bunch of games let's throw a little jesus in about it and kind of make sure it looks christian and send them on their way so we can everybody go oh it's so great to have you guys here man here's the thing what would it look like if we had 6th graders through 12th graders actually learning what it means to be a disciple and unleashing them on Gardner Edison School District. Come on, right? Matthew, Matthew 28, right? Starting in verse 19, I think. Where did I start here? Yeah, starting in verse 18. It says, this is his final command to his disciples before he ascended to heaven. He says, he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to go to every Bible study they could go to. Oh, and, and teaching them to show up to church every Sunday morning and take a bath and stuff, right? Teaching them to make sure they look like the church, like a Christian. Teaching them what I said. Oh, he said teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. You guys... 
listen, I was talking to somebody who's in ministry for 30 years, had, had coffee with him this past week, man, and he's, we're, we're, we're talking to him about some stuff that, how do we do, he, he's, he's good at doing some systematic things and helping people, uh, like, like, become connected and get into city groups, that kind of thing, which is awesome, which is just one step of becoming a disciple in our, in our world, and, and I'm talking to him, he goes, your discipleship process is amazing, like, how so? He says, I've been in ministry for 30 years. I've never seen anybody ever challenge me to obey God. And I've been to all kinds of Bible studies. I'm going through discipleship right now at another church. We're going through this program. It's awesome. It's great. We're learning a whole bunch. Not one time has anybody said, hey, what are you going to do about this? <laughs> That's crazy. Like, like the whole idea, like Jesus' final command to his disciples is our least concern. Like, we want to put them into a Bible study, put them into things, put them into different, like, like we want to make sure they're doing spiritual activity in our church so that they look like a Christian. It's ridiculous. Amen? We teach them to obey. See, Brian got baptized, and that's, what, that's the first step of becoming a disciple, right? The next step is learning what it means to obey, and then you got to teach other people. So we ain't done with you yet, and you ain't done with nobody else, right? Amen? Brian's right. I love this. Amen is right, Luke. Other thing we're doing, Pete Kerwin is going to be taking on the role as the discipleship pastor for, the, for this campus in Edgerton. What that means is that Pete's going to be talking to the released disciples of where you at. He's going to be talking to people that are going through discipling of where you at. Not in a bad way, not like I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to get you straight now, man. It's like, like hey, look. We want to make sure that, that you who are going through this are going through this in a, in a great, wonderful, multiplicative a way that you can multiply your life in other, in other, in, with other people. I mean, you want to make sure that you're doing it with, the, with the, the process that we've set in place, not trying to cookie cutter anything, but to be able to multiply and teach other people what it means to be a disciple. Man, I love that. He's going to ask the released disciples, hey, where you at? If you hadn't started one, why not? What's going on? I mean, he's going to be in your face a little bit. I love that, man. Because Pete can do that in ways that I can't. He can do it with a smile and love that I can't. You know, it's amazing to me. I'm like, oh, Pete, you're getting on to me, Pete, but I love it, you know? Give me more. He's going to be pastoring those that in and through the discipleship process. We've got the Cunninghams who are, by the way, pray for Mitch. He's sick this morning. But we got the connecting, they're going to be connecting people. And that's one of the, the guy that I was talking to this past week. I'm going to help, he's going to help us get that process started. See, I talked to two people this past week that said they filled out a connect card weeks ago. Nobody called them. That won't happen again. It will not happen again. Like we, we are going to check to make sure that everybody who fills one out, it is implemented into the process. We will get a phone call back. As a matter of fact, it's one of the things we want to do as a connect team is that like folks that have gone through discipling, I want them calling people every month who, is in our, who, who are in. That's why we have people sign up our, on our sign-up sheets. We want to know who's here, who do we need to call, who do we, like, like, what is it, like, wouldn't it be great if everybody got a phone call from somebody in the church saying, hey, just want to let you know your love, your pray for, is there anything you need? Would that not be the coolest? Like, we have a vision and a value of, of that everybody is known, and, and they know that they are known, man. And we need to make sure that, that we, are, we are doing those things. Now, that's one of the goals that we have for 2017. So if it doesn't happen by February, just hang on, it's coming, you know. But we're going to make sure that the processes are in place of care and connect and discipleship and youth and those kinds of things. Like, we have the roles that are going to take care of people. 
Like, they, 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 have, they, they get together every week with a group of people and they pray for all the prayer requests. Those are not going to be neglected. Those are not going to be missed, right? We're going to know that they're known. It's a, it's, it's a remarkable thing. The, the, the fact that they go to the hospital, they arrange this stuff. The fact that they fight, somebody is in need of some food. Boom, we're going to figure it out, right? I love that. But here's the thing. Nobody's going to leave our church because they weren't cared for. Amen? Like people, somebody might leave because they may go, how dare you think I should be a disciple, right? Hey, you're not going to feel comfortable here if you're not going to be a disciple. I mean, this is the way it goes. But, but if somebody says, you know, nobody cared, nobody called, nobody, man, that's not going to happen. One of the things I'm going to do this, this starting this month, actually, is I'm going to be starting to teach five or six guys to, to actually preach and teach in different settings, whether in Kid City and, and different classes and, and from the stage here, those kinds of things, guys that have been through our discipleship process and want to, and we're going to learn what it means to actually teach because teaching is not all that. A lot of times people will say things like, well, you know, the only thing we really need to do in a church is preach the word. Baloney, because we just learned that there was other important stuff going on, right? Amen? I mean, I ain't all that. And I'm kind of glad, right? Because that's a lot of pressure, right? I mean, so a lot of times people will focus on the, the teacher as if that's all we need. No, man, we need a whole bunch of stuff. And we've got to help people find their place in the kingdom. That's, what's, that's what it's all about. See, we also got, and, and by the way, in your Connect card, if you haven't, if you want to fill something out, man, if you're like, you know, 2017, I'm going to get involved in some things. Um, uh, February. January 20, what year is this? <laughs> it was a long night. Um, January 29th, after church, we're going to have a first impression team's meeting that we're, and basically an introduction to people that want to learn what it means to, like the biblical reasons for why we greet. There are, there are tons of those. But guys, if God's going to send people, we need to be ready. Amen? We need to have smiling faces, not just faces. Right? We need to have people that genuinely show care and love to the to the unsaved. And to some of the saved that are hurting. Like there are people that come in here, man, they're just they just got through going through crap. And some people coming in here going through, yeah. And we don't want to throw any one any one of those folks away. We want to make sure that we love on them. And guys, if you are interested in working in the worship area, if you're interested in working in Kid City, gosh, what an incredible, wonderful ministry that the Audra has down in Kid City. It's awesome. And so you may ask, you, okay, so why are you making all these changes to the staff, right? We're not really make, making changes. Some of us have been doing a lot, a lot of this already, and we're kind of making it official. But why are we making these changes, and why are we emphasizing this whole idea of what it means? Luke 6, this is even, even Jesus, right? When he, made, like he chose his disciples, something happened. Now, this is, the, this is God in the flesh, who could, at the snap of his fingers, just make all things happen, right? I mean, he could just do that. But look what he did, man. On, on one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside, uh, starting in verse 12, to pray. And spent the night praying to God. Spent the entire night. He's prayed all night. Some of us pray for 15 seconds and go, God, how come you're not showing me, right? And here's, here's God in the flesh praying all night. When morning came, he called his disciples. There were people that he was teaching, people that were following him, people that were, were, were learning from him and obeying him, right? When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12. A lot of reasons for that. We can get into that. 
but, but here's the thing we want to learn today. The 12 of them, who he also designated apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who is called the Zealot, which I think is fascinating because you got Matthew, who is a thug for the government, and then you got Simon, who is a political adversary to the government. Put them together. That makes perfect sense, right? Only God can make that happen, right? Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Listen to this. So he's got his homeboys in place, right? He's got his stuff together. He's got his people, his organization, if you will, if you want to call it that. See, a lot of people think all oh, these guys, Jesus just probably just made food happen anytime, right? He did the five loaves, two fish, fed 5,000 people, right? But when you look at the, when Jesus is with the woman at the well, the disciples came back because they were going to look for food. Amazing. Practical things happening among these disciples. Look at verse 17. He went down with them and stood at a level place. This was the Sermon on the Mount. This is another detail you don't get in Matthew, right? He went down with them. Now he was up, and he comes down with them on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon. I think that's how you pronounce them. Who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were were cured. Listen to this, man. Come on. And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Whoo, man. Look at the two things that are going on here in in Acts when they got got their systems in place and their people in place. And they got things put together in a way that was practically and pragmatically they could do the things. And and God, the Holy Spirit, trusted them at that time. And even Jesus and the Holy Spirit, when Jesus chose his 12, poured out on everybody. Come on, man. We're no different. Amen? We're no different. 2017. We are ready. And, and so one of the things I've asked all the staff to do is to set goals in the different ministries, but not just set things, yeah, I want to do this and I want to do that. But I mean, I mean sit in, in with God and, and fast and pray and do whatever it is that, that God's, like, like, like line out what God is telling you he wants for this ministry. Here's what he's, I knew it was going to happen. Here's what this ministry for our campus because I'm going to trip again, I know it. For our campus, what would it look like in 2017? And we had 20-something, 29 baptisms last year. But what if we had 35 this year? Come on, man. They didn't have, before, before this church started, I mean, I'm not trying to say, eh, it's all us or anything. It's God's done this. But prior to 2014, they had maybe two baptisms in the previous five years. And so for us to have 29 or whatever it was last year, and for us to even, even, even think about 35 is a miracle in and of itself. And I don't want to take away from what God has done. But, but guys, we've got to be ready. What would it look like for us to send five, five families 
out to other churches, out to another campus that we have so that the kingdom can grow. Five, five families? Yeah, but, but here's the thing. What if God said, you know what? You're a church of 200. You're going to be a church of 300 by the end of 2017 if you're ready. And I believe that's what he's saying. I firmly believe that. We're not going to have a problem with people. We're going to have a problem with room. Amen? We're going to have a problem, guys. And, and here's the thing. That, that What would it look like for five families to go start another church in another location where God's people, are, or God's people haven't heard the gospel yet or they haven't accepted yet or they haven't become saved yet, they haven't been baptized yet and they haven't been discipled yet? What would it look like? Five families are, 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 are one of them in here. I don't know. Like, what would it look like to have teachers ready to send out to different churches that are in need, send out to the next campus, actually be ready for that? What would it look like by the end of this year that every door in Edgerton, every resident, every person in, in Edgerton is, is, has their door knocked on and somebody is talking to them going, what do you love about our city? What do you think needs to happen, and how can we help as a church, and how can we love on you? And do you think that would make people look at the church differently? Absolutely it would. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? What would it look like to have seven new discipleship groups started this year? Hey, release disciples, are you ready? Oh, you're supposed to ask that question. I'm sorry. That comes from Pete. Pete Pete's asking, release disciples, are you ready? You did tell me to ask that, right? Is that cool? Okay. Finally, Kyle C. Wasson and all of us here, what would it look like to have from our campus 25 youth going to Super Summer? And what would it look like if God used us because we were ready? Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you more than we can tell you. This is going to be an awesome year. We know this. We feel this. We sense this, Lord. We sense your great awakening coming. You are already bringing such favor to the city and such, I mean, Lord, like this town is being talked about internationally because of the different things that the intermodal and the businesses and Amazon and Lord, it, it's, it's remarkable to see. But God, we do not want you to replace us because we're not ready. And may we be ready, Lord, not just organizationally, but spiritually and personally. And, and may we be abiding and fasting and praying in such a way that we just know your will, Lord. May it not even be a concern that we've got to do some things because we're looking so much further past that, that you, are, you have laid on us your vision that was like, oh, okay, we're going to do that because we got to get to you. And may we be ready, God. May we see what you see, both individually and collectively as a church. May we put our homes together and our personal lives together in such a way that honors you and streamlines it. There's nothing going to hold us back. We love you, God. And it is in your son's amazing and awesome and beautiful name. All God's people said in the house. Amen.